Anodyne was like a soundtrack for me as well. I was always listening to music that was a lot about something to do while I listened to music. A household cleaner that's murder on dirt, but nice to you. It's handy and Lever Brothers' new all-purpose liquid detergent. A floor, walls, woodwork, all your toughest cleaning jobs. That handy andy, it's murder on dirt, but nice to you. I'll read it. It says, we don't have to get over everything traumatic. We can live with ghosts. I do think that as somebody who is old enough to have been around sort of in the 90s wave of zines and even before that, you know, most people my age, uh, you know, they have kids now. And so that's something that kind of comes up is the idea of, uh, I think I had said something like, um, you know, I'm telling mom, you know, why did, why does it still work despite, you know, generations of evidence to the contrary? And it just sort of struck me as, as a sort of truism that would make sense as a zine statement, but also a statement for people who have kids and know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm the I, I think it's funny when you're like watching bad TV and something profound comes out of a character's mouth that speaks directly to your life situation. And you're like, no, <laughs> this can't be this can't be happening. That I, like, the answer is coming from this terrible TV show. No. Rich 90 seconds. I urge you to take advantage of the following offer. If you send me a blank cassette and some money for shipping and handling, I'll gladly tape for you. Connie Francis sings Jewish favorites. I mean, you have to couple this with being in college, you know, being up at all hours, having friends working at Kinko's. That was a huge part of the equation for all zine makers back in the day, um, who would just make your copies for free. I had my, like, I had my friend John who had the overnight shift and you know my theory was like every Kinko's in America had like an overnight shifter wearing Converse high tops and you would find the person wearing Converse high tops you would make friends with them and they would help you make your zine for free so I could do color copies they had Kinko's had this temporary thing where you could do everything in a monocolor so you could have like green just like instead of black and white it'd be green and white or red and white or blue and white And she then promised, I think, I think she'd already had the idea that she'd started up again. So I did know that she'd done this in the past. Um, but I think when I first saw the anodyne, the first image of it online, it was it didn't calibrate with the picture that I had had in my mind. So it was pretty um, curious to see in the flesh. It just had to happen. <laughs> Samples from Anodyne. Smile. Obey rules. Good manners pay. Princess pony trick. When a massive star dies, it leaves behind a small, dense, remnant core. Back in the day when I would read people's physical zines, paper zines, you know, you read it a few times, you get a sense of what the aesthetic is, you know, maybe sometimes if it's political, what the politics are, 
musical taste, etc. And you're able to figure out, okay, you know, do I make sense in the context of the, you know, what I know about this, you know, this publication. In, in this case, you know, I wasn't familiar with the paper iteration that existed before. So I had only the idea of the prompt. It's very empowering, I think, in many ways. It's like, you don't have to go with the establishment or the established ways of getting something published. You can just do it this way. It was really open, total experimentation. I did one um, one essay on glow in the dark, things that glow in the dark. And then I had like glow in the dark. What was it? I found like glow in the dark stick, make your own stickers. So like put some of those into all of them. I was very into process. I was very into like inserting something into every one. And I loved the folding. I loved the packaging and the kind of making the stack of things to address, stamps to put on, you know, kind of compulsively so that way. I decided to participate, one, because she invited me, and that's a very generous gesture, and you can't really turn that down. But two, because blank space to me is absolutely terrifying. I just find it just totally paralysing and have for years and will for years to come. And so, of course, I had to say yes because there's no other way to deal with paralyzing blank space than staring at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I grew up in San Francisco, and I, I went to a college called Bard, and I think that um, all those... And, and I actually even, I mean, I kind of made a zine when I was in, um, in high school. It was called, what was it called? Perusa, which means inquiry, I think, in like Sanskrit or something. Um, but then I also it was a play on words with perusal, like you could just peruse it. Um, so yeah, no, I had f- I was familiar with zines, and I actually love sort of the punk nature of zines and the political nature of zines and all that they represent and the counterculture-ness of it. It's kind of like pirate radio. White space, two lines, each like a train track travel through space, the opposite of what is familiar, negative descending, the positive, an arrow on which familiarity travels without limits, familiarity and human likeness. Uh, For sort of literary styles, I mean, I, I was really highly influenced by just the general male art culture, for sure. And that was like the Wild West of, of design and creativity and innovation. And I had a real love for the Fluxus movement. And I know like a lot of that, those two kind of artful historical entities really, really were on my mind a lot during these years. And they were communities that I tapped into other fans of those things. And the Fluxus and the male art were very heavily connected as well. So that was kind of a logical bridge. <laughs> uh, well, George, let's get back a little bit. Uh, how did Fluxus get its start? Uh... Our first plan was to publish a magazine, Fluxus. And that's how the name came about. And we just like the dictionary meanings, and there are several meanings <laughs> which anybody can look up. It was influenced directly by the, the school of John Cage that he had in um, the new school, where people like George Breck, Dick Higgins, Jackson McClough were taking, uh, in 1958 to 59, I think, they were taking a class. And all those people later were associated with... Well, the magazine never came out in time. It came like five or four years after (laughs) we started to plan it. We just found that it was too costly to do. But concerts were easy to do. So, like Ben Wattier, who has a lot of theater uh, shock pieces, as he calls. And there would be, uh, for instance, a play going on, 
and all announced so the people will come for that play, but the door is locked. Meanwhile, the play starts and goes on. <laughs> and they just, you know, they hear all the noises, but they cannot get in. <laughs> oh, okay. so they're beating on the outside. Or uh, there is another audience piece like that, similar, where at the end of the concert, we would tell that, well, the last piece has to be performed in a secret place, and we have to take one row at a time to that place. So the usher will take the first row there of people, they would follow him, and he would just take them down the back exit into the street, <laughs> out of the theater. Meanwhile, the rest, you know, they all sort of thinking in anticipation, what's that next piece? <laughs> and then just one, and they'll never know except when they actually go through it. Right. There were a few other zinesters, scene makers at the time that I definitely was close with, and some of the formats, you know, shared certain aesthetic qualities. The cut-up, the black-and-white kinkos, the clear, you know, like sort of kinkos style. Um, But of course the content was pretty different, one to the next. Style. Style is the answer to everything. A fresh way to approach a dull or dangerous thing. To do a dull thing with style is preferable to doing a dangerous thing without it. My performance of childhood. A kind of dark traffic. Men in uniform were posted all along its length. Some had cameras, some had guns. To slip down its invisible curtains like sheets. Well, that seems to be something you've really carried with you through up till now is like the, the important conversation of a community of making stuff. And so, like, the participation in making things is, is in part to facilitate people coming together. Curtains like sheets tied together and hung out a hotel window toward itself. You were saying that a lot of, so the, the way of this sort of mapping this out was a collage effect. So would you, would that be mostly like gluing things down or taping them? I mean, I know eventually they reached the copy machine. Glue sticks. <laughs> it was always glue sticks. The, with the format of anodyne being the, you know, every other page or every few pages, four signs, that to me like provides kind of the backbone of each issue. And then there could, a, a kind of mess of montage and collage could spiral out from from that um, center through line and so there was some order but also with the a sense of uh, you know almost improvisation and experimentation around that very direct and consistent part of of putting the signs in each issue tattoos and teeth several cases presented on morning hospital rounds led to the observation that there might be a relationship between the number of teeth and the number of tattoos a person possesses Tally data and plotted the number of natural teeth, both intact and broken, against the number of tattoos, both professional and amateur. We examined all patients who were seen by the anesthesiologist service who had at least one tattoo. We set no lower limit for the number of teeth. Results? The quantities of teeth and tattoos are inversely related. If a patient has tattoos, he or she is likely to be missing teeth. For adults, more tattoos correlate with fewer teeth. The teeth-tattoo relationship is linear. See figure. We are continuing to collect and refine our data. I think probably right around that time. So I mean, I have this, I was trying to think, okay, what, what is something important enough to me that I would put it down on paper and encourage other people to like, 
take a moment, even if it's a second, to look at it. Uh, and it was just, you know, I can think too hard about that. And so I didn't want to think too hard about that. And I just, the first thing that came to mind was something that I'd been doing and had been like working on, had been really important to me, was just like taking Sundays away from the internet. And I'd been like, it's a lot easier to do if you name it. So I'd named it, No Internet Sundays. So it was like this thing that I was doing. Like submitting anything to anybody else is really different stakes than doing your own thing. <laughs> I think I was thinking a lot more about, you know, not should I submit, but like could I submit something that would be good enough? You know, you sort of have an idea for your own show or your own project what that level is. But when I submitted to Julie Zine, I really didn't know what any of the other entries were. Actually, you know, I think in re I think I didn't know what other people had written. I think... I didn't have the URL for the blog. If I remember okay. correctly, it was not written on the form. So, because I remember being surprised after seeing mine go up at what other people had written. I remember being surprised that you know people had thought to even draw pictures and I remember thinking, oh man, I should have done that. Um, <laughs> but I think at the time I wanted to be as like, what was the most concise, succinct statement that I could make and stand behind? <laughs> uh, is the thing is going to be published, you know? Um, yeah. And that, that was it. You know, if I had maybe given it deeper thought in the sense of, I don't know, how can I, I a, lot of, a lot of people know Hug of, Hug of War. You know, there, a lot of people are familiar with that poem, and um, and Shel, Shel Silverstein and we had I have a five year old and we had just gotten those poetry books, so they were kind of in the ether around my house. But um, I mean, I think that in my sort of maybe playful, quick thinking way, I it's like, oh, this will be a great way to sort of say, all right, well, we're in this political moment that's sort of devastating. Um, why don't we soften it up a bit and put something playful and remind people that, you know, above all else, love and 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 care and affection and respect for others is what matters. Um, and I think there are lots of ways to say that, you know, I mean, there are lots of, you could say it in through a kid's poem, like, I chose to 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 do, or you could say it through, you know, some political writing, or you could, you know, something by Naomi Klein, or maybe something by Noam Chomsky, or something that, you know, maybe something that really questions. Um, and if I had really wanted to get into that and and sort of think through the concept of what's a zine and what does this really mean, and how can you sort of um, uncover something through that medium or maybe share something in a way that you wouldn't be able to share otherwise, I probably would have shared something different, but uh, you know, everyone loves Hug of War. <laughs> and it's sweet. Um, we're trying to do, it's a practice. It's an ongoing thing. Um, but that seemed like worthy to put down. And I'd also actually been, you know, I do a lot of sort of like weird paper stuff, collage or this like printmaking, but very, very, very amateur level. Um, so I have this desk that's like set up for writing letters and I just went to the desk and said, okay, what do I have around here? I've got this typewriter, I've got this, um, this stamp I actually had cause I had carved this heart stamp for my wedding invitations. 
So it was just right, like right there at the moment. And um, I sort of just played around with what I had on my writing desk and this is what came out. I feel like in, in choosing to bring the zine back, that's exactly what happened. I, I wasn't, it wasn't like a conscious decision. Oh, it's been 22 years, I'm gonna do this again. It was going through stuff and finding the signs, finding a folder of the blank signs that somehow was with me. And, and always thinking, a couple times over the years, I felt like, oh, it's, maybe it's time to do this again and revisit, but I really had this strong sense that I had the space in my life for it. And I was um, really excited to kind of turn away from all digital all the time and think about, you know, extending, inviting people to like, go so far as to find a stamp and an envelope to send this back to me, you know, and some people won't. That's the thing that's a barrier for a lot. But um, but now it's so novel. People are like, you're going to send me something in the mail? And handwriting, you know, that I'm like, like addressing. I, I mean, I did print out a letter because I didn't want to write that 80 times. But, um, you know, a little bit of a note to everyone who participates and actually writing out the addresses and most people handwrite them back because it's, it's a little hard to finagle, you know. But you could type onto it. Some people will type with a typewriter. But, um, yeah, it's like that just humanness about sending something to someone and getting it back. And in Portland, there were some local kind of, I would say, zine superstars. Um, that I knew and kind of ran into a bunch, sometimes at Kinko's making our zines. Um, so, yeah, I would say there was a, a very, like, strong kind of shared community creative energy between all between everyone making them and, and, and a real generosity, too. Like, you would definitely tr- trade yours with someone else's, and I think I sold them for, like, a buck or two to cover the postage. I've never, I mean, it was never, ever a profit-making venture and it is not this time around either I'm just paying for stamps and you know beg borrowing and stealing I, I have took a stack of envelopes from my father's uh, neurology practice <laughs> that he retired and he had a stack of envelopes like oh, I'll take these for my zine perfect you know so that's why there's a pink tape over the envelope that you got because yeah because um, that, that was what you would do like you just you know you used as few resources as possible you have to you have to pay for postage so it's kind of like the bullet that lodged in your gut and you, you know, your skin grows around it and you just live with it. And, you know, eventually it just becomes part of you. So I guess that's what it, that's a little, if it hasn't killed you, you know, it might not make you stronger, but it mightn't kill you again. You know, it's just, it's done all the damage it's going to do. And now it's just a part of you. Did you have like an overarching theme for each one that distinguished the musings on daily life? Or was it really governed just like, it was the overarching was anodyne and then it was just built up with what you had at the time. Yeah, more the latter because I would constantly be collecting, you know, books to cut things out of and ideas for interviews. I did some 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 print interviews. Um, a lot were just kind of like stream of conscious writings, quasi poetry ranting, you know. Um, it's funny because certain phrases and clusters of words still ring true for me but they're always surrounded by a lot of guff but yeah it was a little bit of a dumb a mind dump and a heart dump and a brain dump each time 
So, if you'd like to play the kids with sign game, or already have and would like to play again, or know someone who you think might like to play, or need some advice, or want to Conti Francis tape, or just feel like ranting about the general chaos that seems imminent, or perhaps you'd like to rave about it, please send your comments along with a brief statement to Anodyne. <laughs>